Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real-life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hello, welcome to this latest episode of Bodcast. My name's Ben, and today I'm joined with lovely Bethany Rushworth. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's okay. Lovely to see you again. We're at the Dentistry Show. It's been a couple of years. Um, How are you getting on? How's life? Great, thank you. It's good to be back. It's so yeah. nice seeing everybody in person again. So we've had so many Zooms and emails yeah. and it's great to see people in the flesh. Um, yeah, overall everything's great. And it? We've just been chatting about how things have changed massively since I last saw you. Yeah. I've got a one-year-old son, Freddie, um, another on the way in October. And um, last August, uh, October, I set up my own facial aesthetics business because we'd relocated from Leeds and I took the plunge and sort of changed direction massively in my career. Oh, that's brilliant. So um, let's talk about that then. So how did you get, well, how did you start out in dentistry and get to the role you're at now in facial aesthetics? It's funny, actually, every, everything that I've done has in some way led to the next step. And when it's happening, you don't sort of realise why or how it's going to be relevant. And um, I know sure when I decided to do this I was nervous that I was sort of throwing away everything I'd worked for when in reality it's all massively contributed and helped so I qualified in 2016 from the University of Leeds I did my foundation training in Sheffield at a great practice um, it was an outreach practice for the students and I was really well supported with two trainers there were actually three trainers in the practice and Lots of high needs patients, so loads of perio, quite a lot of extractions, um, and a lot of full mouth treatment that needed to be carried out. So I got a lot of experience in a short amount of time, and domiciliary visits as well. Um, following this, I went and did oral and maxillofacial surgery in Leeds. That was just amazing. I loved it so much, and I think my alternative life, I would have wanted to do oral and maxillofacial surgery. Um, that was brilliant so loads of again loads of experience it was a major trauma center so we got some really interesting cases sent across from other district hospitals nearby I used that time as much as possible to get publications and presentations and more academic things to add to my portfolio and my CV Um, I think it's I get asked quite a bit about MaxFax and whether it's relevant to dentistry and I just think it's such valuable experience learning more about patients' medical conditions, managing more complex medical patients, medical emergencies. It definitely gives you the confidence now if somebody faints, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> because it's such a, you're really thrown in the deep end. So I think it was helpful from that point of view. But then also to populate your portfolio and your CV, there's so many opportunities because um, yeah. you're working in such a massive team. So there's loads of things you can do there. After that, I went and did two years private cosmetic dentistry and general dentistry it was a combination of sort of Invisalign and composite bonding which mm. was very in vogue for the last few years in particular as well as treating families and routine dentistry and after that I went on my maternity leave it sort of coincided with Covid not being the right time because we relocated I decided not to get another job knowing I was going to have to stop again to have a baby I didn't think it was fair on a principle all patients to work there mm. essentially a few months and then stop um, and then about eight months into my maternity leave, I enrolled on the Skin Visa Facial Aesthetics course, 
and the rest is history, shall we yeah. say. I, my, I worked from home and then I opened my clinic in February and I just love it so much. It's something I'm so passionate about. I've wanted to do it for so long. I actually signed up to do training in when I was doing Max Max, but it just wasn't the right time. Yeah. I realised I wouldn't be able to put enough into it. Yeah. And I wanted to feel more confident with my dentistry when I went into general practice. So this just seemed like the perfect time to go for it. Gosh, well, it does certainly sound like a really interesting career path. And um, um, actually, in, in recent webinars we've been doing, we've had a lot of questions about um, career paths for young dentists. And there's sort of this preconception that they after they graduate and, and they're qualified they have to sort of go into NHS practice do mm. their time there and then move into into private dentistry what are your thoughts on that that's definitely something I've been asked I think some of it potentially comes from dentists who previously where private dentistry wasn't as common would do their time in the NHS and mm. it was more normal that that was something that happened further on in your career. Now I can I could see why a dentist who's done their 20 years in the NHS would feel disgruntled that mm. somebody's come straight out of uni. I don't think it's necessary or essential. I think foundation training is because ultimately at university you really don't get enough hands-on experience and that extra year of back-to-back patients does give you that enhanced ability to sort of provide treatment so I think going directly to practice through private practice from university is I don't personally think that's the right decision no sort of for anyone because no one can have a significant amount of experience no. for uni um but after foundation training that's basically why I did after max fax I went straight into private practice yeah um one disadvantage is that the patients when they're paying I do feel often have higher expectations of treatment so the longevity the they expect to be able to answer all their questions, the quality of treatment, the results, and you can, it's great that you often have more time, and I, for me, felt that I could offer always what was, <clears throat> excuse me, in their best interest, because on the NHS, I think you feel a bit restricted, mm. um, so it was great, but I couldn't say to somebody, in my hands, this tooth will probably last you another 10 years, yeah. because I only had one, one year experience to refer back to, so... Yeah. I do think that makes it difficult and you have to be prepared for treatments failing and patients not being happy. Despite all the difficulties then, how could we attract young dentists to want to go and work in the NHS? I think at the moment it's a really difficult system and it's going to take probably an overhaul of the whole structure. Um, the risk of clawback is very scary I think for young dentists in particular that you're already not set up or stable financially mm. you're then potentially not realizing how much is required of you to meet your targets mm -hmm. and then you if you fall short of that you're being penalized basically twice the amount of what you actually paid for the yeah. um, UDAs in the first place and I, I've known quite a few colleagues recently saying their practices have actually changed the structure of the targets where they have to meet monthly targets now, so instead of it being annual, it's actually per month to try and keep people on track. But then if you have two weeks annual leave, that sort of thing is just a massive stress. So I think target-driven dentistry is a huge pressure. And yeah. I think I'm hearing more and more from, when I say I hate using the term young dentist, but that's generally the cohort of dentists I talk to, yeah. that they're finding it very difficult coming out of university where 
any treatment is an option for the patients to feeling, well, if I do what's in their best interests, I'm paying for it out of my own pocket. Mm. And to provide ethical dentistry to these high-need patients, it's becoming a bit silly if someone needs 10 restorations for two UDAs. Mm. That is something which the dentist having to think, well, do I follow the rules and do it ethically and make an actual financial loss or be working for a pound an hour? Yeah. Um, so I just think trying to find a way to make dentists feel fairly remunerated for the treatments that they're doing and to feel valued as well. Definitely, yeah. Um, so what career options do you think are available to young dentists then? Um, different career options. I mean, your own's been, <laughs> to, you know, really, really interesting. Um, what, what other options are there out there? I've definitely become more open-minded over mm. time. I think some multiple people actually said to me when I sort of, voiced that I wasn't planning to do teeth treatments anymore I still very much consider myself a dentist but not doing teeth treatments and um, loads of people said oh but you work so hard for it as though five years was just deleted like my degree no longer counted when actually yeah. it's really relevant and just because somebody can do facial aesthetics with zero qualifications yeah. doesn't mean that's right or they're going to be the the right person or the best person for it definitely not saying I'm the best person for yeah, it yeah. <laughs> but um, I just think that we are given we have so many amazing transferable skills as dentists whether that's in management leading a team which we do day in day out as a dentist we're working with team members who um, I, I really don't like to see it as a hierarchy within a dental practice but effectively as the dentist you are responsible for other team members mm. um, and definitely not sort of above them, you're responsible for them and their actions a lot of the time. So managerial roles, um, speaking, teaching, I know quite a few dentists who just teach as well as instead of the clinical side, um, and mentorship, yeah. you know, mental health, loads of dentists now looking into um, life coaching, business coaching, um, especially dentists who are a little bit more experienced as well in their careers, and yeah. they're able to share that their sort of share their lived experience in the form of a business so I just think yeah. you can turn your these transferable skills into a different career pathway just with yeah. what you're interested in and if if you're interested in gardening then it's a bit irrelevant whether <laughs> or not you've done five years that's wasted that's better to me than wasting the next yeah. 30 years of your career being unhappy yeah no actually you just don't think about all these different um career options but as you said there's such transferable skills there's mm. loads of stuff out there i think it's just knowing what's sort of out there and having the confidence to go and do it yeah and it's it is scary that you think people are going to take you less seriously or think you've wasted something or thrown an opportunity away and yeah i think i've moved past now worrying what people think about that because they're not living my life it's no. me who's got to live my life <laughs> exactly yeah finally then what advice would you give to someone then a young dentist um that might be looking to work predominantly in private or, or looking to try something new like facial mm. aesthetics or cosmetic what would you what would you say i definitely think that if early on in your career if you are going to spend some time in the nhs trying to take on lower targets than you maybe would be able to reach. So be less money driven to get really good at what you're doing. So the sort of two pronged approach is taking on less, potentially smaller targets. So you have more time to do really great quality. Imagine you're a private dentist, pretend that's already what you're doing mm. and provide that level of service to your patients. 
um, so that you become more experienced, more practised. Um, speak to practice owners. For me, when I went for my private job interview, I said, I, I know you've asked for five years experience. I can't have five years experience because I haven't been qualified for five years. But what I can do is show you how hard I've worked in the time I have had and that I'll continue to do so and to develop and grow and being able to show that and demonstrate that thirst for learning. Get yourself on some great courses, definitely ones that you can kind of earn back quickly. There's no point as a foundation dentist doing some really advanced cosmetic training, which you can't implement because you'll forget it. It's a waste of money. Um, but looking for courses which are going to enhance the skills you already have and then also not taking on massive financial commitments early on will give you some flexibility even if that means working um, sort of three or four days a week in your dentistry you can have extra time to work do a trial period at a private practice or go in and shadow and go and do courses and that's something which I did I really early on decided not to take on massive financial commitments which gave me a lot more flexibility, which meant I could then go and do courses, enhance my CV and portfolio, and that was then a stepping stone to getting a good job. Yeah, uh, that's brilliant. Um, loads of great advice in there. Thank, um, you. So thank you very much for sharing that, and um, hopefully catch up again soon. Oh, thank you very much, Ben.